Hello friends and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 24, Back to the Future, to stay or not to stay. My name is Pete and joining me tonight are not Matt and Tom. Hey everybody. We're three-ish guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. Tom? How you doing? Good. How's the weekend traded you? That's been good. <laughs> trying to uh, trying to survive in my semifinal fantasy football game. Good, good. I just saw The Last Jedi, so that was exciting. I'm pretty jealous. I'm, I'm going to try and see it uh, in the coming days. You know, judging by how full the theater was at 11.30 on a Sunday morning, I think that every Disney World fan is in trouble when they go to visit Hollywood Studios after Galaxy's Edge opens. Uh, it was packed. There was not an empty seat in the house. Well, I'll tell you what we can do. Uh, we can just go to Pandora then. Yeah, exactly. It should only be a 100-minute wait for a Flight of Passage. So tonight we're going to revisit our second episode, I think it was, to stay or not to stay. We've kind of had some additional thoughts about this, and there's some new information that's come out since we did the episode. So we're going to revisit that episode. We're going to go through the exact same things we went through and, and we may come to a new conclusion. Who knows? Spoiler alert. <clears throat> but before we do, we're, we, as promised last week, we're going to go into some of the news that we've missed in the last couple of weeks that we've been away. Uh, so Tom, why don't you get us rolling with that? Yeah. Going to hit some of the uh, high points as Pete alluded to, we did miss uh, a good chunk of news. Although nothing, you know, super um, extravagant happened. We do have some pretty good pieces still for you, though. Uh, we're going to start in Epcot. There is a uh, hotel rumored to be built in front of Spaceship Earth. However, two sites have, have been proposed now for the hotel. One, uh, immediately over the existing entrance into Epcot. So you would actually walk under the resort as you enter Epcot. And uh, the other location is in between the land and sea pavilions. Pete and I were talking prior to the episode, and I was not familiar, but he did show me a picture of the Disneyland in Paris and the hotel there that you actually walk under to enter the park. I think that'd be pretty cool if they if they brought that to uh, Epcot. As long as it doesn't block your view of Spaceship Earth, you know, walking into the park. I think that's a really iconic thing to see, you know, coming into Epcot is to see Spaceship Earth in front of you. So if, you know, if they build that into the design somehow, absolutely, I'm okay with it. And yeah, absolutely. The, you know, the hotel at, at Disneyland Paris, it's, I think it's called just the Disneyland Hotel, is over the entrance to the park and it looks incredible. It looks like the Grand Floridian is kind of perched on top of the entrance to the park. It's, mm -hmm. it's really neat. Yeah, no, I, after you show me that picture, I'm on board for this for sure. Uh, staying in Epcot, there have been some new details that have kind of emerged regarding the uh, heavily anticipated Guardian. Guardians of the Galaxy attraction. Again, that's formerly where Ellen's Energy Adventure was located. Um, you know, obviously it will involve it, it will it will be a roller coaster. It should be centered around maybe the Collector and the Infinity Stones. And we've picked up a bit of news. It looks like the roller coaster will have no inversions. And one comparison we've read, and again, this is speculation at this point, but uh, they compared it to a modern take on Space Mountain. So maybe you Which have another certainly. maybe you have another favorite ride when this opens. 
You know, Epcot's been sneaking up the ranks for me as, as you know, one of my favorite Disney theme parks or Disney parks to enter. And so if they had a, an equivalent to Space Mountain, that would certainly, you know, pique my interest. Entrance. No, pique my interest. I think wow. that's important. Um, you know, they're kind of spreading the love on some of these thrill rides. Yeah, I think the more they can spread them out. Um, you know, Universal certainly captured a decent chunk of theme park goers due to those thrill rides they have. And I think Disney is is really coming along in that, you know, in that capacity with some of the attractions that they're committing to put in their parks for the future. Well, and if you look at uh, right now, I mean, Hollywood Studio has really the two big thrill rides. I mean, I guess you could count Space Mountain, Splash Mountain in there, Big Thunder to an extent, but... Expedition Everest? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. And that's that's what I'm saying, is that as these rides open, you know, that it's really kind of spreading out. You know, you look at 10 years ago before Expedition Everest, before Flight of Passage... Hollywood Studios was where the thrill rides were, right? Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. it's good to see them spreading out to to all the parks and and making them more appealing to you know maybe somebody that that is looking for those thrill rides, somebody like you. Yeah, I mean, and you look even Magic Kingdom committing to um, to Tron. Yep, and that's another one that that's going to be you know a big ticket item. So I do think Disney's making the correct steps, and now now we all just have to sit on the edge of our seat and wait. <laughs> Yep, a couple more years. Moving over to the Magic Kingdom now, uh, good little segue there. The uh, Broadway theater that, that we've mentioned in the past uh, behind Main Street USA uh, looks like it'll be similar in size to the Hyperion Theater, which is located in Disneyland. I think Pete had mentioned Frozen Live was was shown there. It'll, uh, you know, expected completion date is 2020 May-ish time frame, and it should seat... I think roughly two thousand ish guests. I think that'd be be cool to have that theater in in Magic Kingdom again. That's such a you know, highly trafficked. The, the park has so much traffic in it. It'd be nice to just continue to spread that out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Also, we are bringing you news: Stitch's Great Escape to be shut down permanently after the start of the the new year. I think everyone's kind of been expecting this to happen. Finally, gonna put it down for good. I'm we are not sure if it's going to remain as a character meet and greet in the time being, but it will be shut down permanently and there is a new attraction expected to take place there, but there have been no announcements or you know any rumors we're willing to share at this point of what that could be. I mean surprise surprise, you know, I mean this has been a long time coming. Um I don't think there was any doubt that uh, this was going to happen. So moving over to uh, Hollywood Studios Looks like there is an opening date range now that's been revealed for Mickey and Minnie's Runaway, Runaway Railway. The uh, range looks to be April 2019 to around May 2019. A couple bits of news that have come out with that. The ride vehicles revealed will be 16 passenger trains. They will be trackless. And nothing beyond the load area will be the same as what you saw in the great movie ride. It is suspected that the ride vehicles will separate at some point in, throughout the journey. Maybe take different routes for the attraction and then come back together. And it looks that looks like Goofy will be your conductor, and he uh, suspected that he will be with every ride vehicle driving the train. So as excited as I am about this ride, I'm still pissed that they closed the Great Movie Ride down. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that was one of your favorites, and and hopefully we just put our faith in Disney that, that they're going to bring something big here. I hope so. 
moving on, staying in Hollywood Studios, uh, kind of following up with what Pete mentioned today when he referred to Star Wars. I uh, got some news for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Uh, a couple points. They've released some photos of the queue or potential queue for the Millennium Falcon ride. They have released some X-Wing prototypes. And they have released some concept art of some of the shops that will be found in Galaxy's Edge. All of this was shown at the Star Wars Galactic Night event, which has already taken place. It was, I think, 129 something like that, dollars a person to get in. Uh, so pretty neat news coming out of that for sure for everyone getting ready for Galaxy's Edge. <clears throat> and again, I just want to reiterate, go to Hollywood Studios now because you're not going to be able to get near the place. Once Galaxy's Edge opens. You know, when I was in Hollywood Studios, I texted Pete and was talking about how dead the park was. And he said, well, enjoy it while it lasts, because once Galaxy's Edge opens, that'll be a totally different monster there. Yep. And last bit of news is going to come from Animal Kingdom. Not sure if we'd mentioned this, but Flights of Wonder, which is a bird show that that they've had in Animal Kingdom for years, will be replaced uh, for a Pixar Up bird show. Essentially, I believe they're just going to feature the characters, Russell and Doug, and the theming will be from the movie Up. You know, Pixar has a huge following, so I think this is probably a pretty smart move. Flights of Wonder Mm -hmm. will close at the end of the year, and it will remain closed until the spring of 2018 when they will reveal the newly themed Up bird show. You know, I I doubt much is going to change. You know, if you remember what the current bird show, what Flights of Wonder is, it's basically a lost tour guide uh, who kind of stars in the show uh, with the birds. Did you guys see Flights of Wonder? No, we didn't. I actually, your last trip? I don't know why I thought it was already closed. I thought it closed um, at the end of November. And so we kind of just, I didn't really pay attention to it. And then by the time I realized it was open, the last show was underway. Hmm. We had bigger beasts to slay in Animal Kingdom that day. Clearly, Pandora, Yeah, right? Pandora was, was kind of what the main focus was around. Uh, and then the last bit of news at Animal Kingdom, we've referenced the baby tiger cubs. They have now made their public debut on the Maharaja Jungle Trek. Uh, so you can now see the baby tiger cubs on your next visit to uh, the Animal Kingdom. Very good. So that's it for me. Good bit of, good bit of news, but glad, glad we're caught back up with all the big, big nuggets and excited for the main topic tonight. Yep, me too. So let's get right into it. Um, Again, we're going to pretty much go through just like we went through in our second episode, and we're just going to kind of hit everything one more time. So first off, I think the first thing we did was we kind of went through the various Disney resorts. Nothing's really changed there. They cost about the same. No new resorts have opened, although one is scheduled to open, and and they're doing renovations at uh, Caribbean Beach right now. But let's talk a little bit more about the off-site hotels. Um, Tom, you guys stayed on your most recent trip off-site for a couple of nights, right? We did. So we stayed, uh, there was a double tree right by Disney Springs. And I'll tell you what we did. So we, we checked in there Friday. We checked out on Sunday. And we were, um, we were actually able to basically just drive over to Disney Springs if we wanted to, hop the bus there, or obviously take the car directly to you know, wherever we, you know, wherever we wanted to go, we could Uber, you know, this, that, and the other. But I will tell you, it was nice on those, those days we were off property. We still kind of felt like we were in the Disney bubble because we were right there by downtown or by Disney Springs, excuse me. 
And, you know, we were pretty much a short Uber, a short drive away from anywhere we wanted to go. And, and look, there's tons of hotels right outside the gate. I think, what, there's 12 or something like that in the Disney Springs area, somewhere around that number. Mm-hmm. You know, again, these are hotels that everybody's familiar with. You know, they're all the major chain hotels. They offer the same amenities that normal hotels offer. But I think that you'll find that the price point for these hotels is substantially below what you would pay at a Disney resort, especially a deluxe resort. You know, a deluxe resort... 300, 400, 500, some cases, dollars a night, uh, depending on the season. You know, these hotels, yeah, their prices are going to go up and down depending on the season, but I don't think you're ever going to pay anywhere near that for even an Embassy Suites or, you know, a suite at a Doubletree or a Hilton's, anything like that. So probably a lot more affordable there. They're all very close. Most of them offer private shuttles. But look, with, with Uber and Lyft being what they are now, you really don't even need to use the hotel's private shuttles. Tom, did you guys drive or did you guys take an Uber? Or? Yeah, for the parks, we uh, we, we uh, took an Uber. And then for any resorts we wanted to swing in, so a couple days early, we just actually drove over to the garage at Disney Springs, which is free to park in, and hopped a Disney bus to, you name the resort, you know, whatever we were looking to go to. Mm-hmm. But Uber was expensive. And then from that reasonable. resort... Yeah, and then from that resort, you can get to whatever park you want also if if that's, uh, you know, if you're trying to do that. Mm-hmm. And they do have buses from Disney Springs to the resorts also. So The only reason... I mean, excuse me, to the parks also. Yeah, the only reason we didn't chance that, because I'm not sure at what time in the morning they start running those buses from Disney Springs to the parks. So that's the only reason. I, and I mean, I'm sure that, you know, I actually did some research on the monorails and they start running them no later than an hour before any park opening. I would imagine because we, you know, one day we actually took a bus to Epcot and the monorail to Magic Kingdom. We wanted to go to Magic Kingdom. I just kind of looked at bus lines and looked at Epcot, get there pretty quick. Takes a long time, doesn't it? It wasn't as quick as I thought it would be. And then obviously you fight the traffic at the ticket and transport or transportation center. You fight the traffic Mm -hmm. of getting on that Magic Kingdom monorail. So in the end, it probably wasn't any quicker than just waiting on another magic kingdom bus but in yep. my head it made sense that it'd be faster <laughs> well plus you got to take the monorail so mm-hmm. yeah exactly so let's go through kind of the advantages and disadvantages that we mentioned in the first episode that we covered this on um so the first is extra magic hours now i i think that we've kind of given our opinion on extra magic hours and and how we feel about them. And I think our advice to everybody has been, look, avoid extra magic hours pretty much at all costs because the parks tend to be a lot more crowded during extra magic hours. Well, I think I think the, the better way to state that is the parks tend to be more crowded that day. Yes. Yeah, the extra magic hour, that hour itself, you're, you're, the park won't be, won't be nearly as crowded because it's early, you know, if, if it's, especially if it's an extra morning magic hour. But as the day progresses, that park just tends to be more crowded. Yeah, you know, I agree 100%. And, you know, Disney's moved away from offering the late night extra magic hours. Those used to be great. I really used to like the late night extra magic hours because really nobody stayed for those. You know, they still have them in select instances. But but nowhere near as, as frequently as they used to. Yeah. And, and that's, it's you know, it's... If they're in the morning, 
you're absolutely right. People tend to go to that park and then they stay there all day and, and the park is that much more crowded that day mm-hmm. than it would be otherwise. So yes, while you can theoretically get a couple extra fast passes in that day, not really fast passes, but you know, you can get an extra couple of rides in that morning during extra magic hours. You know, you're going to be limited the rest of the day because the park is going to be that much more crowded. So my advice, and, and I think Tom would agree with me, is stay away from the parks that have extra magic hours. Sleep in, you know, go to the parks that don't have extra magic hours because they do tend to be a little bit less crowded on those days. Yeah, and in most cases, regardless extra magic hours or not, if you get to a park at Rope Drop, you're going to have the ability to ride a couple attractions. You know, you should at least before. Yeah, before before the park opens, absolutely. Yep. So the next thing that we talked about was the Magical Express. And I mean, this is this is kind of a big deal. And this is something that if you do not stay on property, you do not have the ability to take advantage of. You know, there are shuttles that you can take from the airport to the various hotels. You can take a taxi, you can take an Uber, but it's pretty expensive. You know, the airport is not very close to to Disney World as as Tom can attest to. I mean, you you Picked your mom up from the airport, right? I did, and and there are a couple toll roads too. I mean, you do pay two fifty one way, two fifty back. And it was what a thirty minute drive one way, something like that. I uh, probably close. I mean, it's it actually isn't as bad as I thought it would be from Disney Springs. I think the GPS said twenty ish minutes, but as everyone knows, when you pick someone up from an airport, you know it's fighting the traffic of getting out to get to the pickup. I mean, there's a lot of variables that go into that. So that is a big factor. The Magical Express. Um, really nothing, you know, nothing comes close. I think an Uber from the airport is probably going to run you 50 or $60, uh, depending on what time it is. If they're surge pricing, a taxi is probably going to be even more than that. And, and again, like I said, there are shuttles, but nothing's going to be as reliable as Disney. So, um, the next thing we talked about was Disney transportation. Um, I don't. I don't feel like if you stay off property, I don't really feel like you're missing out on Disney transportation, other than that initial journey into the parks, and having taken an Uber and having driven into the parks. I don't know how big of an advantage Disney transportation really is. Well, I'll tell um, you now. Uber. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uber's so much faster. Well, yeah, it's faster. You'd guarantee to see. You don't have to wait for the bus to fill. Um, I here. Here's my advice on it. You actually, you'd have to run the numbers. You may be able to actually save money taking an Uber every single day to the park versus staying on Disney property. You know, Disney transportation, and and I'm at fault. I mean, this was one of the big things for me the first go around on this episode. And as Disney prices continue to increase, you kind of have to weigh the pros and cons to staying off property, saving a few bucks. And we're going to get to some other reasons that, that we've begun to have this, you know, train of thought. But the Disney transportation we did, while it was very nice to not have to drive, there was one bus stop in particular at the Port Orleans Riverside. It was the South bus stop that had ridiculously long lines. And there were numerous times where we waited for multiple buses. I would say the buses loop every 15 minutes. So, you know, I, there were times I'd say, hey, if we don't get to the bus stop by this time in the morning. We're just not going to get there when we want to get to the park. So it's probably less stressful to get an Uber because you, you grab the Uber and you know, hey, it's going to get here in four minutes or whatever you're 
it, it's less stressful. But, to but not only that, it's the Uber is cheaper than paying for parking. And Uber both ways is cheaper than paying for parking. I would say. Yep, it is. If you're staying at a if you're staying at a hotel close enough. So, plus the Uber literally drops you off right at the front gate of every park. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we took the Uber to Epcot, they dropped us off right at the front gate to Epcot. When we left Epcot, we called an Uber and they picked us up right at the front gate to Epcot. So, I don't know. To me, it just you know for the for the ten dollars or eight dollars or whatever it is you spend. I don't know. Staying off property is kind of better in this regard. I'll tell you something funny. On the, the last Disney trip, uh, the one I most recently went on, we took an Uber to Epcot. And the guy who was driving us was very new to Uber. His English was not great. Um, and so it was kind of hard to communicate with him. And we and Tim just set Epcot as the address to take us to. Well, the address he set was actually cast member parking. Oh, no. And as we pulled up, I said, huh, you recognize what that is in front of you? And my fiance said, I, is that Test Track? I said, yeah, it's the back of Test Track. And I said, I've never been in this way. <laughs> and we get to the Disney employee, and they said, oh, you're you're in cast member parking. We can't, you can't drop off here. So they, he got you into cast member parking. Yeah, so be uh, just kind of be weary of what address you set because, you know, Epcot, Epcot's going to come up with four different addresses. Just make sure it is the actual park entrance. That is funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next thing we talked about was advanced dining reservations. Look, for this, it doesn't really matter if you're staying on property or off property. You can make those advanced dining reservations six months out regardless. So I think this is kind of a non-factor, right? Yeah, I mean, one of the most important parts of your trip. Obviously, it's good that you can do this no matter what. So now, now going further into detail of this, if you're staying off property, you cannot get the dining plan. And I really want to dive into this one um, because this is a really big deal to some people. You know, it kind of, this is that Disney bubble that we talk about and getting out of the Disney bubble. I will say for 2018, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. The, the quick service Disney dining plan is $53 roughly per adult for 2018. Uh, the standard Disney dining plan, which of course is one quick service and one table service per night, is seventy six dollars roughly a a night, and the deluxe is about one hundred and seventeen dollars per night. Now seventy six dollars. Now that does include an alcoholic beverage where they're available. I don't know. You know, it's you have to weigh the options. You have to weigh what you're going to spend on food. But I'll tell you. The deluxe dining plan to me just doesn't make sense because nobody needs to eat that much food ever. Well, you, and on that standard Disney dining plan, you, that does also include two snacks per day as well. Correct. That includes two snacks per day. Um, I, I don't know. So you really have to weigh it. $52 a night for the quick service. I mean, how much, how much are you really spending on quick service meals Every day, you should not spend more than thirty. You shouldn't bucks. spend fifty-two. You shouldn't spend fifty-two dollars a night. I mean, I'm thinking of some of the bigger meals. meals at thirteen ninety-nine, fourteen ninety-nine. Then you grab a drink. I mean, that's thirty-five, forty bucks tops. Tops. Now, granted, that does include two snacks, and it includes an alcoholic beverage. But I mean, there's nine. I mean, there's nine ninety-nine meals. There's eight ninety-nine quick service meals. Yes. So you would have to pretty much eat. 
the most expensive thing on the menu and get an alcoholic beverage at every meal to make this worth it. And look, if you're at Magic Kingdom, guess what? You ain't getting no alcoholic beverage there. <laughs> right? So so say you're on a five-day trip and you're spending two days at Magic Kingdom, you're not getting an alcoholic beverage there. And there's nothing you can do about it. They don't... So, yeah, with the exception of Be Our Guest and and um, what's the other one? Can there's I, one other can I place ask you a question? You may have the answer. Does the alcoholic yep. beverage roll over? It does not. So it has to be with your meal. So you couldn't like roll it into your Epcot day and, and get halfway around no. the world. No, you could not do that. You could not do that. It, it is included. Um, it can be a single serving mixed cocktail, a beer or a wine. And it has to be redeemed with your meal entitlement. So no, you can't roll it over. So I don't know. To me, the meal plan, although you can't get it if you're staying off property. It, and look, we've talked about this in the past. We... I, you know, it's great for budgeting and planning purposes, but really if you're looking to save money, it's not worth it. So if you go into it expecting, hey, I'm going to spend this much on food every day, you're better off not doing the meal plan. My last three trips I've done the meal plan, and my most recent trip is the first time I really, this is probably the, you know, the first time I'm looking at every receipt, I'm, I'm doing it all in my magic band, and I started thinking, is this worth it? Because you still have to tip, right? You still have to tip, which is fine. I mean, th- these people are working hard. Obviously, I have no problem tipping. That's yeah, not they a, they deserve they deserve every bit of a tip that they get. No question about know, that. I, but it's not included. You know, and I'll tell you. I mean, you, prior to uh, pr- prior to our trip actually starting, so that Saturday in Epcot, we spent some cash, and, and again, we really had fun. And it was it was nice to not spend another dollar outside of tips and souvenirs you want to buy the rest of the trip. That was nice. You, mm-hmm. you literally. Snack credit, snack credit, whatever, quick service. That was nice. But when you look at what you spent for the entire trip, and I, I add up each meal we got, I mean, we had to force feed the, the last 10 snacks. Oh, I, I guarantee you if you added up what you would have spent on dinner every night and snacks every day. Well, we wouldn't that, have gotten as many snacks. That's the yeah. thing. I mean, we literally just no, said, you, you wouldn't know what? Have. Throw as, how many snacks we have left? 11. Give us 10 cookies. You know what I mean? It was just... We're not walking out of Disney without spending every penny of that meal plan. Absolutely. So there is the opportunity at the end of your trip to redeem your snack credits for, you know, non-perishable snacks that you can bring home with you or whatever. But again, would you get those if you didn't have the dining plan? I don't I don't think you would. And and Tom, I think if you added up what you would have spent on every meal, I think you're still to the bad. I don't I, I think Disney Disney got over on you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to me, this is, this is kind of a non-factor in, in planning your Disney vacation now. You know, I mean, it's just, it's so expensive. Really, the deluxe dining plan, I mean, who's taking, unless you're spending a week at the parks or two weeks at the parks, who's really doing two table service meals a day anyway? That, like That's crazy. I mean, even, even doing a quick service, you know, even that, you know, you're still taking 30 to 45 minutes. It's taking a lot of time out of your trip to just eat, um, you know. Let alone a table service. That's that is crazy. So, I don't know. To me, this is this has become even more of a non-factor now with the with the price increases, which have gone up roughly ten percent over last year. Um, but again, you do get alcohol with that. I'm 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 not saying they haven't given you anything for the price increase, but but to me, it's just 
the dining plan is not worth it anymore. I, I think going forward, I'm going to skip on the dining plan. I'm just going to plan to spend a little bit more money on my trip. There, there were times on our trip, I'll tell you, where we, so for an example, we ate a huge lunch at Mama Melrose's. We didn't need, we didn't use our quick services that night. I mean, we just, you didn't need hungry. to eat, right? Yeah. And so that was a, an, the only reason, now we got back to the resort and I said, listen, we've got to spend these. So we split something, you know, we, we forced ourselves to use one, but we wouldn't have in any other case because we had food in the room. Yep. So I don't know. To me, this is even more of a non-factor and, but now let's, let's move on to the big one. And this is something that if the rumors are true, this tips the scales even further in the opposite direction for me. And that is the fast pass situation. So currently if you're staying at a Disney resort, you can make fast pass reservations 60 days in advance of your trip. If you're not, you can make fast pass reservations 30 days in advance of your trip. I mean, this is, this is huge. And to me right now, this is the only way that it's worth it to stay at a Disney resort. Now, the rumor is that Disney at some point in 2018 is going to allow good neighbor people that are staying at good neighbor hotels to make fast pass reservations 60 days in advance, along with Disney resort guests. If this is the case, I mean, to me, this is the make or break right here. To me, this says, if I can stay off property, pay significantly less for my hotel and make my fast pass reservations 60 days in advance, I'm staying off property from now on. Well, let me tell you one more thing that goes into that number. And it was something I did not realize until we got to the resort. So I used hotel points uh, as just a benefit to pay for my off property hotel. They actually charged, I think it was $22 a day for parking. So when you're adding up those room costs, that's one thing that needs to be, you know, in the equation. Now, yeah. And is, is that every hotel though? I would assume so. I mean, they're all so close to each other. I don't see why, you know, I don't think somebody could get away with not doing it without upping their room cost. Okay. Now, now moving back to the fast pass point, when they change that, because I'm, I'm pretty sure that that rumor is going to come true. That's a game changer because that was one of our huge points, especially right now with how the attractions are spread out and, and what we're kind of waiting on. You don't have a chance at flight of passage if it's not 60 days prior. Absolutely. hundred percent. You're, you're absolutely right. There. So you talk about some of these big ticket attractions and, and, and maybe you've been, you know, it's a once a, once a year, once a five year, once a 10 year trip, whatever it may be, you don't want to run the risk of not being able to do everything you hope to do at Disney world. And if you don't get a fast pass for flight of passage, I mean, you're not, you're not going to have the luck that Tom did. You're not going to pull a fast pass for flight of passage the day of your trip. It's just not going to happen. You know, and I, I think if kind of going on a tangent here, but say you didn't get a fast pass for that, you almost need to commit two of your days to Animal Kingdom because one of your days, you're waiting three hours to ride it. And and three hours maybe is stretching it, but but you're absolutely well, right. I mean, you're was, waiting at least... 180 minutes the majority of the day I was there. You're waiting at least 100 minutes. I've seen it as low as 100 or 120. So yeah, you're waiting at least two hours for that ride if you don't get a fast pass for it. And I mean, that's two hours out of your trip. And Tom and I have this conversation a lot. If you break down your Disney trip on a per hour cost basis, 
let's just say don't break down your Disney trip on a cost per hour basis because you'll you'll flip out. You know, when you think about the time you spend waiting in line and and if you spend two of those hours waiting in line for a ride, it's it's even worse. I'll tell you a funny example of that. I was talking to Pete and he was looking at I was at, while I was at Animal Kingdom, he was looking at wait times and I, cuz I was walking somewhere and he's like, "Hey, this is where you need to go next." And I said, "Hey, we're about to get on Cali River Rapids." And he said, "You know, the wait's like 40 minutes. You really want to break your per hour this your amount you're paying per hour. You want to spend an hour at Cali River Rapids today?" <laughs> And the same thing happened for uh, when I was walking to Splash Mountain, I think. And yeah. you're talking about like grab a fast pass and then hit hop on Big Thunder because you don't want to wait for both of them. Or, but yeah, it made me while well, I stood there the entire time waiting for Cali River Rapids. All I could think was the money flying out of the pocket to ride a mm-hmm. worst worst ride in Animal Kingdom. But so that's huge. If 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 Disney does change it so that and I and I think they will. I I don't think this rumor comes out with the, without some reasoning behind it. If Disney changes it so that you can make FastPass reservations 60 days out of your reservation at Good Neighbor Hotels, I, I don't know. To me, I think a lot of people stop staying on property and start staying off property. I think so. And, and I think there are already a lot of people that do that. And I and I didn't look mm-hmm. into it as much when I was there, but there is a bus that I don't know if it shuttles you just to Disney Springs or if it shuttles you to parks too. I'd have to check in on that. I mean, most of the hotels do have a shuttle to all the parks. The problem with that is most of the time the shuttle leaves, you know, once in the morning and once in the afternoon. And if you miss it, you're you're screwed. But again, Uber is so affordable right now mm-hmm. that, you know, even if you do miss the shuttle, from the Disney Springs area, tops, you're paying $10 to get to the parks. Anyway, so next thing we talked about was the Magic Bands. This is something that, you know, you lose out on the ability to link your Magic Band to your room account and charge on your Magic Band. You can still get Magic Bands. Um, You know, you can buy Magic Bands. You can link your park ticket to it. You can link your Fast Pass to it. You can link pretty much everything to it other than the ability to charge. I think that is restricted specifically to Disney guests is the ability to charge to your Magic Band. Um so, you know what, that may be a good thing. That may actually be a good factor for staying off Disney property because as I've alluded to in the past, me charging on my magic band allowed me to spend as much money as I spent. And and Tom, you just had that experience recently too, right? So the funny thing about that, that money I spent in Epcot, that's <laughs> done with my credit card, not the magic band. So you didn't charge it to the magic band. It was on your credit card. I think... I think I'm, so, I think I mixed it in and that's probably what killed me because I you know so Disney sends you a summary statement of your magic band charges at the end of your trip really kind of the night before the last day of your trip you, you have an idea of where you're at your checkout day basically and uh I I tallied up how much I had spent at Epcot and and then just kind of the next day in Epcot I'd said you know what I'm using this magic band to swipe <laughs> And so it, it does it does kind of sneak up on you a little bit. I will tell I'll, I'll say to Pete's point when you do actually physically take out your credit card and get a receipt, it's a lot you different, feel isn't it? More. And I can tell you yeah. this, and this is a, a basic budgeting practice: bring cash if you're very good. Yeah, at, if you bring cash, you feel it every time you plunk it down. If you're very good at making sure you're not going to lose your wallet, lose money, you know, et cetera. Bring cash 
and say, this is what I can spend in this park today. And once it's gone, it's gone. Mm-hmm. But back to the premise of this episode, I think the Magic Band is, they have really cool ones you can purchase. They're not overly, you know, priced. And they I mean, work. I think, they all, I think they work in top end, you're spending, what, $30? Yeah, I think they have $30 ones. And the cool thing about them is you can, you know, any trip you go on, you can just code in that Magic Band ID code on your park ticket and, and it works. It works just like free fast pass for the app, everything. Yeah, so Magic Band's probably not a huge factor. Um, the the last thing that we talked about, and and this is a big one for me, and I think it's a big one for a lot of Disney fans, is immersing yourself in that Disney bubble. You look, you there's no getting around this. If you're staying off Disney property, you're not immersing yourself in that Disney bubble. You're you're having to go back to a car every day. You're having to drive through the Disney gates every day. But you know that that could be a good thing, right? But 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 you're not you're not losing yourself in that Disney experience. To me, that's one of the coolest things about a Disney trip is that you know you can you can drive in on the Mendu Disney trip. We drove in, we parked at Coronado Springs. We didn't touch the car until the last day until we went to Animal Kingdom. Yeah, and I, I think there's something about a Disney resort hotel, you know, going to the food court, going in the store, not fiddling with the car. I mean, when one of the most recent trip, we parked the car Sunday night, unloaded it, didn't go back to the car until Thursday morning when we actually drove to the Polynesian. Well, and when we packed mm-hmm. up, obviously. But it, it is nice to just, Disney's buses say it every time, sit back, we'll do the driving. Sit back, relax, let us do the driving. There's a lot of truth to that. There is a lot of truth to that in it. I don't know if that's a, a make or break vacation decision right there. But I mean, there is a lot to say about being in that Disney bubble, being lost in that Disney bubble and not having to worry about the outside world at all. Whereas if you are staying off property, you know, you do have to worry about it. I don't know. This this to me is probably the most divisive thing about not staying in a Disney hotel is is that you do have to leave Disney property. You do have to get outside of that Disney bubble. And and it's it's hard to do that sometimes. But but I don't know. I don't know if is is it worth it from a from a cost standpoint to to stay on property just because you don't want to get outside of that Disney bubble. Like we've hinted at, I, I don't know if the Disney bubble is something you can put a price tag on. You know, mo- most folks, well, I say most, people I know and people who go to Disney World that, that discuss it with me really enjoy once they get at that Disney property and don't have to deal with anything else. Yeah, and there's, there, is, there is some value to that, definitely. All right, so to sum it up, let's go through it. Tom, would you stay on or off property? If I were going back to Disney World, again, this... De- let's say if, if you were going back... In February. It, it, it depends the group I'm going with. And the reason I say that is sometimes sometimes it's more convenient just to not have to deal with anything. But if, say we're doing a Mendu Disney trip back in February. Mm-hmm. The purpose of that trip is not necessarily to get in that Disney bubble and, you know, it's to have a good time. It's, it's to do Epcot right and do as many attractions as, as humanly possible at the cheapest mm-hmm. price. You know, we'll rough it up a couple of days for the where we're staying, all that kind of stuff, if, if we can do the trip and maybe go longer. So if it's a Mendu Disney trip, I'm probably staying off property. We're going in one car. We're going to split 
you know, split the parking fees, whatever it may be. Sure. If it's something where I'm taking my fiance and if it's, if it's a celebration or trip just for us, probably going to stay at a, a, a moderate hotel and, you know, do it that way. I, I agree with you 100%. If it's a, you know, if I'm taking a vacation where the purpose is to ride as many attractions as I can to, yeah, go to Epcot and, and have some adult beverages at Epcot, you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm staying off property. I'm Ubering in every morning. We're going to do it on the cheap. But yeah, if I'm going with my wife and daughter, I'm probably going to still stay in that Disney bubble. And I, I guess the best way to do this is to say, okay, your next Disney trip, well, and I, I don't know if this is really fair, but your next Disney trip, if you had unlimited funds, what would you do? And I think we can all answer that as I'm staying at the Grand Floridian, you know, with, with, a, with, a, with a theme park view, I'm doing the park hopper. So I, I, I don't know. Again, I, I think it really depends on what kind of trip you're trying to have as to whether or not you stay on or off property. But I think the whole purpose of this episode was just to say that our views have changed a lot on this since we first did this episode. That's what I was going to say. While we're still in some case, it, 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 here, we can flash back to the episode. In all cases, I would have picked Disney, Disney Resort. Mm-hmm. I think the gap has certainly closed. And now you have us saying, yeah, we, we'd actually stay off property if we were doing it with, depending on the group. And again, I, I agree. Yeah. You know, those, those Doubletree, Hilton, Marriott, all that, all those resorts, all those uh, hotels rather that are over there, I'd probably check out about the moderate, you know, in the moderate category. And they're going to be a little bit bigger. Oh, at least, at least, and you know, you're not going to get, you're not going to get a theme park view room or anything like that. Like you would at Disney, you know, there's something special about the Disney deluxe resorts. You know, if you're staying at the animal kingdom lodge with a Savannah view, if you're staying in Bay Lake Tower with a with a theme park view, there's something special about that, right? And that's, you pay for that. I mean, you definitely pay for that. But if you're just trying to take a trip with your family and you're, and you're trying to do it on the cheap, it's worth it to stay off property, I think. Yeah, I mean, and as tight as funds are for everybody, if, if it gets you to Disney for a day longer or it gets you to Disney a year sooner, to stay off property, it's very worth it. And, you know, the magic is being in the parks. No one would argue that. I can use our last trip as a really good example. While we paid for a moderate resort, and I have no complaints about how Disney treated us, the service level received, the resort room, extremely clean, we were never in the room. Yeah. And you look at, we're exactly. paying and $230 a night. Mm-hmm. We're not there. For what? I mean, that's a mm-hmm. lot for not being there. And, and they didn't have I, a roll-away bed. You know, just an example that Disney doesn't do that. The resort I was in Friday to Sunday was a two-bedroom two bedroom uh, suite. suite room with three beds for cheaper than that. And, and, and it was probably cheaper than the resort. It right? was. In the moderate resort. It was much been, cheaper. Right? Yeah. And the room was huge. We had, you know, a microwave, fridge, sink. We had a little kitchen area. We had a little bar area. It was a really nice room. Mm-hmm. So... I, I don't know. It, I guess it just kind of depends on what, you, what you're willing to pay for that full Disney experience. And I don't know. Ultimately, this is up to you. Just to, you know, kind of as my last thought, I agree with Tom. If it's a make or break for your trip, 
it's not worth it not going to Disney because you can't afford to stay on property. It's not worth it to delay your trip for a year because you're saving up to stay on property. It's, it's not worth it. You can have just as good of a time staying off property as you can staying on property. And particularly if this, you know, if this 60 day good neighbor hotel fast pass proves to be true, really that's, that's the biggest benefit that Disney hotels have over non-Disney hotels, right? Yeah, that is. I mean, that, that is the transportation fast pass, magical express, excuse me. Are the- but those are all, those are all very intangible kind of measurables, right? You know, so the the sixty day fast pass is really. I mean, you can assign a real value to that. Yeah, for sure. Everything else is kind of an intangible, and and I would say you know Disney's expensive enough without without trying to make it more expensive by having to stay on Disney property. So I don't know. My opinion on this has changed quite a bit since the last time we we talked about this. I'm very much more in the stay off property. You know, provided you can book your fast pass at 60 days in advance, I'm very much in the stay off property camp now. Unless you're trying to do something special and you're trying to have that full Disney experience, which again, very intangible, can't assign a price to it, but but there is something to be said about that Disney bubble. Well, Pete, I mean, and there's there's something to be said for staying out of the Disney bubble as well. As much as we, we stay away from that and we always push for the Disney bubble, you don't have to deal with all the people on the bus. You don't have to deal with the, you know, if you want to do something up in Orlando, I promise you, Disney's not the only thing in Orlando. While it is the most important thing in Orlando, in our opinion, it's not the only thing there. Yeah, if you want to go to SeaWorld for some reason, or if you want to go to Universal Studios, which, I mean, really, the only reason to go there is Harry Potter World, to be frank. But but no, you're right. Disney's not the only thing in Orlando, and there is something to be said about not being in the Disney bubble and that the Disney bubble involves a lot of waiting in lines. Yeah, for sure. A lot of waiting in lines. So anyway, I think, I think we're kind of, I think we're kind of a lot more towards the middle ground now versus I I think in the last episode we were, we were all, you know, Matt included, we were all three very much on the side of, well, let's make sure we stay on Disney property. I think we're all, kind of a little bit more towards the middle and you know to stay or not to stay at this point with that being said tom where would you stay if you had unlimited funds unlimited funds i'm going to go polynesian or contemporary for two two uh two different reasons on the resort contemporary because of the history and the you know the secrets and i just contemporary so it's on my mind and uh polynesian because of you know for obvious reasons i could roll out of ohana right back into my room and go to sleep after I'm, you know, blown up like a whale. I would I would do Grand Floridian or Animal Kingdom Savannah View. Wow. Um, and, 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 and I think I would do the deluxe dining plan. But I think I would also be doing a two-week-long trip. Yeah, unlimited fun. trip or something I'm like that. I'm going for a yeah, month. I mean, Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Unlimited so, funds. I'm just moving there. <laughs> moving yeah. to the Polynesian. For the you just just move in there. Why not for the first six months, and then I'll move somewhere else for the next six months. <laughs> Let's move on to the secret and the trivia question for the week. You want to hit the trivia question first? Um, yeah, we can go trivia. Que- well, I'll go secret first because trivia question, you know, involves a little bit of feedback. Okay. So, uh, Disney. Do you remember se- the? Do you remember the? Do you remember the trivia question from last week? I do. 
Okay, good. I do. So Disney Secret of the Night, this could have been a trivia question, but we decided to give you the answer. So there is only one resort hotel visible from the Magic Kingdom. It's actually the Contemporary. And the reason behind this, well, I guess, I guess the reason of the design of the Contemporary, it was built to look futuristic, to fit the theme of the portion of Disney World's Magic Kingdom where you can see it from. You can actually see it from Tomorrowland. And so when you're there, obviously it's everything is futuristic. And when you see Contemporary off in the distance, that just solidifies the theming that you are standing in at Disney World. Pretty good idea there from, from Walt and the Disney Imagineer team and at everyone that went into that decision because Contemporary certainly is a very unique hotel. Mm-hmm. Moving to the trivia question. So last week's trivia question, I'll remind everybody, how tall is Cinderella Castle in Disney World's Magic Kingdom? Uh, and we were looking for the feet. It was 189. It is 189 feet tall. A couple reasons that nothing at Disney World exceeds 199 feet, pretty much for air codes, right? Like flying codes, Mm -hmm. and they'd have to add extra lights, which would make it not as magical. Thank you for everyone who participated. Again, we really enjoy doing this. Trivia question for this week. This came to you from Pete. So Pete put this one together. What does the name Epcot stand for today? I'll repeat that because it's a little tricky. What does the name Epcot stand for today? So I'll let you guys think on that one and, and send in your responses. Obviously, you can email us at mendowdw at gmail.com or tweet us at podcast. All right. Well, so if that's all for this week, uh, we'll go ahead and close it out. Uh, please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on Twitter at podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com. If you enjoyed tonight's podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving the most valuable thing that you have, your time. We'll see you next week.